Let's start tonight with a labor dispute that threatens to further strain the flow of goods in this country already stretched by the pandemic and the war in Ukraine. And we could all feel the impact of what's about to come if it in fact happens. CP trains could come to a halt as early as Sunday. CP Rail could lock out 3,000 employees if they don't have a deal with the union by Sunday. The two sides are at odds over 26 outstanding issues, wages, benefits, pensions. Canadian business and agricultural leaders warn the stoppage could be, quote, catastrophic. CP's rail, CP rail system is huge. It runs across southern Canada, dips as far south as Kansas City, moves grain, potash, coal, much, much more. Tonight, the premiers of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba have sent a joint letter to the Prime Minister, staying a disruption of this magnitude stacked on an already stressed system could be severe and ask that Ottawa take, quote, immediate and effective measures to ensure that service on CP's rail network resumes as quickly as possible if a strike or a lockout should happen. And to look at longer term measures, such as declaring rail an essential service. Here's Scott Moe earlier in the week. We would urge uh, all of those at the bargaining table to do everything that they can to come to some type of an agreement um, so they can continue with services. And if they're not, we'd ask the federal government uh, to step in and ensure that we are uh, have interrupt, uninterrupted service uh, here in Saskatchewan. Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan there. It's not just on the prairies. Obviously, many businesses rely heavily on rail services to send their and receive their goods from Canadian and international suppliers. Industry groups are calling on Ottawa to do something. Joining me now is David McLean with the Trade Association, Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. David, thank you for being here tonight. Oh, it's great to be here, Ben. Uh, I mean, this couldn't come at a worse time, could it? Just how damaging could it be if this goes ahead? Well, I thought, you know, the the bottom of the barrel or, you know, the rock bottom was during the the convoy blockades of the Coots border crossing in Alberta and, and in Ontario. I thought that was the, the rock bottom, but this is... This is as bad or worse uh, than those situations. As you said in your in your opener, uh, we are already in a supply chain crisis. We have been arguably even before the pandemic. Uh, we've had a trucker shortage for for years. That's a, that's a global problem, and so this is just uh, compounding uh, a really bad situation. How much stuff? I mean, we know how much, if you've ever been, you know, through, if you live in BC and if you've ever driven to Alberta, you know just how long those trains are, those freight trains heading to port. What kind of stuff is moving on those trains as far as your your uh, folks are concerned and what will happen if it stops? Well, we know that about 50, almost 50% of all rail traffic, all cargo that is shipped by rail in Canada are manufactured goods, either coming in or leaving Canada. We also know that um, 15% of Canada's exports uh, are shipped by rail at some point or another. Uh, it's about 4,500 rail cars per day uh, of manufactured goods are shipped by rail every day. So it is significant. It's it's by far the most important mode of transportation within Canada. You got to remember, Canada is such a big place. Uh, we are un, un, unusually reliant on rail to to you know um, to to ship things across this massive country. So it, it's a massive system. And what happens when it's, I mean, what happens if it stops? We're already seeing, you know, obviously anybody who's been to any kind of store recently realizes there are shortages of lots of stuff these days. What happens if the rail stops? Well, that certainly gets worse. So the worst case scenario is empty store shelves for consumers, 
But for businesses like my members, manufacturers right. you know, on the on the prairies, we're already seeing decisions being made, slowdowns. Uh, I have some examples of companies that have, have temporarily laid off shifts uh, simply because they already either can't get the the product they're looking for, or they need for their their vital inputs into their manufacturing processes, or they anticipate a slowdown in the future. Um, companies are making decisions now to mitigate the risk. They're saying, okay, well, let's go to CN or let's see if we can ship by truck instead. But as I mentioned before, we've already got a truck shortage. So we're seeing spot prices for trucks uh, triple or quadruple what they were one year ago. And guess who pays for that? It's consumers at the end of the day. So it's going to contribute to uh, inflation, which is already a nightmare. No, yes, absolutely. We've been talking about that a lot uh, of late. Just for for your members having to try to make these decisions, they've already been in a crunch because we talked about this in the lead up to the uh, to the mandates, to the vaccine mandates. Obviously, we talked to trucking associations a lot about just how stretched they were. Uh, so, for your members, there is nowhere to go, is there? I mean, there's there are there are no alternatives really. Not really. I mean, there's there's CN, which is already it's a competitor of CPs. It's the second rail line in Canada. It's already congested and and uh, has its own issues. Uh, you know, I have one company that is is looking at a, a total shutdown. They manufacture a compound called uh, carbon black, which goes into making tires and printer toner and all that sort of stuff. It's exported globally. Eighty uh, percent of that company's business is shipped by CP. There is no other alternative, uh, so they'll, they're looking at uh, a pretty dire consequence if if the shutdown should happen. Are there, I mean, do you have any, you've watched these, this isn't the first time there's been a labor dispute in the rail industry. Mm-hmm. How, do you have any faith that this may be negotiated into some kind of settlement before Sunday morning? Well, since 1993, we've been to this movie before. Uh, since yeah. 1993, we've had nine uh, collective bargaining negotiations between these two groups. Eight of those, eight of the nine times, the federal government intervened in some way. There's some sort of mitigation, either binding arbitration or legislating back to work. Uh, so the federal government is often involved. Uh, there have been four labor sh- labor stoppages or, or shutdowns or lockouts or strikes since 1993. So it's happened four times before. You can go for a couple of days or a week before um, a settlement is reached. What the rail line is looking for is maybe binding our arbitration. Uh, we're great with that. Whatever it takes to get a deal, we can't afford a day of of a rail stoppage, let alone a week. So we need all hands on deck to to try to get a solution for this. That's what I was going to say is that if it does in fact even begin, I imagine your membership is going to start making some tough decisions. Oh, absolutely. The decisions have already started in terms of mitigating risk and exposure to CP rail. And then once it gets real on Sunday, then then we'll be seeing uh, uh, stoppages. We'll see uh, manufacturing operations shut down. I'm particularly concerned on the agri-food sector, the agriculture sector, the availability of feed and fertilizer. Seeding is right around, right around the corner. Um, and fertilizer is already in short supply due to the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, so uh, that could be a very dire situation for agriculture and, and basically every sector of the Canadian economy. Yeah, we, I mean, we certainly see the political pressure mounting on Ottawa to do something. The premiers of Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba sending a pretty lengthy letter today. Um, call it, you know, and, and farm groups as well, calling it inconceivable that this would happen. Uh, where would we see the impact, do you think, as consumers? If, if in fact, 
this comes to this comes to to go. I mean, we've already seen food prices skyrocketing. Uh, there's been warnings for at least for food, and you mentioned agribusiness that that this could have really dire impacts. Yeah, I think in the short term, it might be you might not notice a big difference for a day or two or a week, but very quickly, without in the absence of that rail line, uh, there'll be chronic shortages of of almost every consumer good in, in the country. And it's particularly concerning with food. It's already expensive. Um, and low-income families are going to have trouble uh, uh, feeding the, their families because uh, foods go, go up 10, 20, 30, 50% in the short term until uh, the problem is fixed. So, um, you know, the food space, the grocery items, I think are the biggest concern. Uh, maybe um, it, the manufacturers of the broader business uh, community is almost secondary to that. But I also worry about the long-term impacts, the the blockades that we saw from the, the convoy. Um, now this, it, it undermines Canada's reputation as a trading nation. It undermines the relationship that manufacturers build with their customers and their suppliers in the United States and in Asia and beyond. Um, so this is really important important stuff. It might be when times are great, we might say, okay, let's let's uh, let's let this play out as it will. Let let's let let nature take its course, so to speak. But not now, not this year, not 2022. We cannot allow uh, uh, an extended shutdown. I'm speaking with David McLean of the Trade Association Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. We're talking about a looming CP Rail work stoppage that could see uh, CP Rail grind to a halt as early as Sunday morning and the impact of that on an already very strained supply chain in this country and around the world. When we come back, we'll talk about what could be done when this, when the smoke clears here, what could be done to build more redundancy into a system that finds itself severely strained by anything from natural disasters uh, to blockades to labor disputes, as we're seeing over just the past six months. We'll be back. I'm speaking with David McLean of Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. We're talking about a looming CP rail strike that could see CP rail grind to a halt as early as Sunday. The huge impact that could have on an already stretched supply chain. It brings up, you know, the analogy of the cup that's spilling over. You add another drop and it just gets worse because normally this wouldn't, this would be bad, but it feels like it would be even worse now. Given what we've seen, David, in the last six months with the blockades, um, the flooding in BC that had an impact on rail, uh, the uh, the war in Ukraine. Is there any way to build more redundancy into this cis- transport system in this country that would that would help your membership? I think there is. I think there's opportunities for expansion. It it might require uh, government support, some public money. Uh, we start with the ports, for example, the marine ports, Port of Prince Rupert, Port of uh, uh, Vancouver, uh, Montreal, and and uh, Halifax. All of them have ambitious expansion plans. Some are underway. Uh, there's billions of dollars potentially uh, waiting to be invested in those ports. If if the government could play a role in facilitating the expansion of those ports beyond which beyond that which the private sector would do naturally, maybe that's worth looking at at this point. Um, our airports, our roads, our, our our border crossings, our land crossings, all can be upgraded, modernized, and streamlined. I think. Um, even going back to the, the the blockage of the Suez Canal almost a year ago, right. uh, I think a lot of people have been starting to think, okay, we are exposed here, that we are at risk, and uh, we we do need to build in, as you said, some redundancy. And I think there's opportunities to do that. It's just going to cost some money. 
the build back better uh, aspect of this one would think we need to build a better system to move our products to market to bring products in it, it just seems like a natural one now it does and and i think it's important to remember that this problem doesn't solve itself very quickly we, we anticipate uh the global supply chain uh slowdown to to continue on into 2023 our members say they've already lost, I think, $10.5 billion in sales uh, uh, during uh, the, the supply chain crunch of the past year during the pandemic. And, and we're still waiting for a lot of goods, uh, chips, automotive parts, a lot of materials still to, to come to North America. So this is going to take months, if not years, to achieve some sort of equilibrium. So we best get on it now and, and start uh, finding ways to prevent this from from repeating itself in the future. It brings up one of the more vivid conversations I remember from the blockade of the uh, of the Windsor Bridge, which was from one manufacturer in Windsor, saying, "You know, I sell my stuff, a lot of most of my stuff to the U.S. And if I have a U.S. client who looks at where, who can I rely on? Who can I rely on? And it's not Canada. That business doesn't come back, and it's a reputational matter too. And that's yeah, that's I, I guess that, that for I your hear- membership, that's a tough part." I hear that all the time. Um, we are Canada is a, you know, we, we're a great manufacturing country. Uh, we do wonderful things, but we do things. We're at the higher end, so we're kind of a high cost jurisdiction to do business. So we're constantly competing with the likes of India, uh, China, uh, Korea uh, to 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 produce in the products and and compete in those global markets. Uh, any little advantage we can get. Uh, we need to take and any damage to our reputation can really can really do significant harm to the economy. So we're always fighting, we're fighting an uphill battle against global competition. We're winning in many cases, and I'm proud of 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 the manufacturers in Canada able to compete globally. But man, it's tough. And we can we need to do everything we can to to make it easier. And certainly not being able to get your products to market on time or at least delivered on time just adds to those headaches. Uh, I have about a minute left. Um, come Sunday, are you right now, are you feeling optimistic or, or are you fearing that the worst is going to unfold and we're going to be talking about this on Monday and weighing what the consequences are? I'm optimistic that, that cooler heads will prevail because I think they see the situation with, with what's happening around the world right now, uh, that this is not the time to, to push and maybe both sides, uh, the CP rail and, and the Teamsters union, uh, we'll we'll see fit to to compromise here in order to get a deal done and keep Canada moving, keep Canada in business. And I hope they they see the importance of that. David McLean, thank you so much. Have a nice weekend. I hope you're right. I hope we're not talking about this on Sunday, other than to say that it was a crisis averted. Finger, fingers crossed, Ben.